Good morning. If you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 18. We'll be in 35 through 43. If you're new to church, there is a tradition within the church. Many believers celebrate this day by declaring, He is risen, and the other person responding, He is risen indeed. So let's do that all together. He has risen. Man, what a great day to be in the house of the Lord. It is every Sunday, but this day is significant. You may even ask yourself, why is Easter important? I mean, there's several reasons. I mean, for one thing, to get your middle school son to dress in something other than a hoodie is good. You know, I mean, so that's good. You know, I mean, dressing up in, in colors that men would normally never dress in. And uh, I went into um, the grocery store this morning to get a couple of things and dress like this. And it's like, God looks over and says... Easter, huh? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, um, yeah uh, um, so anyway, so, uh, but there are other reasons why Easter is important. Number one, it confirms Jesus' deity. Quite honestly, people have done miracles before. People have seen miracles before. And Jesus was indeed a fantastic teacher. He was a revolutionary. He, did, you know, uh, spoke with boldness. He did incredible miracles, but it was when Jesus was able to rise from the dead based upon his own power confirmed his deity. It reconciles us to God. It breaks the chains of sin and death. And it also secures our resurrection for those who abide in him. And then it also assures those who are spiritually blind the ability to see the love of God. And that is the focus of our Easter message today. In Luke chapter 18, let's read there, starting with verse 35. As Jesus drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, the blind man inquired what this meant. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, What do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this day. And I pray, God, that you would open the eyes of our heart here this morning. We thank you for what you did. We thank you for what you continue to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, today we're actually continuing through our series. Over the last two years, actually, Live Oak Church, we have been going verse by verse through the book of Luke. And rather than going to the typical resurrection passage in the Bible, as I saw this passage was kind of next up on the list, I realized this is the perfect passage for Easter. Because all of us are in this story. All of us who claim Jesus is Lord are in this story. All of us who are not quite there, who are still checking this thing out, are in this story. And so we're going to unpack that today, and just I, I hope that you uh, would, would just take this in. Number one, we need to be bold in our pursuit. The crowd, as Jesus was walking by, the crowd wasn't ready 
to declare who Jesus was. They said that, that when the blind man said, what in the world's going on? Because at this point, Jesus had done some pretty cool miracles. At this point, Jesus was kind of, you know, kind of drawing a crowd wherever he went. You know, when, when, when he does some of the miracles that he does, it makes people pay attention. And even despite the miracles, Jesus' interaction with the Pharisees was kind of, kind of worth the show. And so people would often kind of just be following what, you know, Jesus is in town. And so they hear stories and they're following him around. So there's this kind of, this ruckus going by. And the blind man hears the ruckus, hears the crowd. And said, what in the world is going on? And they said, hey, Jesus of Nazareth is here. You see, they didn't say Jesus, son of David. They didn't say, you know, the Messiah. They didn't say, they just said, Jesus, this guy from Nazareth. But notice, Bartimaeus had no problem declaring who he thought he was, immediately calling out, Jesus, son of David. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. When you're checking out Jesus, he is a teacher. He's a godly revolutionary. But when, but when you first declare Jesus as Lord, there is a sweetness that comes. There is a freedom. And we're going to unpack this later. But, but when he stood out of the crowd and he didn't, he didn't just say, Hey, blind man over here. He declared, he believed that Jesus was something, was someone that could heal him, that could take that away. And that only could be the anointed one, the Messiah, the Son of David. Those in the crowd tried to silence him. Those in the crowds tried to tell him, be quiet, you know, would you hush? We're trying to, to see, we're trying to pay attention here. We're trying to catch the show. You're being loud. And, and that's so much a part of the, the church experience today. The church experience, so many people come, and I would say that they're not even Christians, they're churchians. They come in and they like the show. They like the music. They like being able to say, I showed up. And there's really no heart change. There's really nothing there. They're just there for the show. And they're saying, would you be quiet? We don't, your, your audacity, your, your, your passion is getting in our way of enjoying this thing. And sometimes that happens to us. Sometimes we're like, hey, you know, you, the freak, raising your hands and shouting and, and, and loving Jesus. Would you stop? I'm trying to enjoy the song. You know, sometimes we, we're like, hey, your passion is bothering me. I just want to enjoy being here, getting my, you know, doing my church thing so I can go home and have lunch and watch the game. That's kind of our thing. We've been trying to silence the bold for years. The blind man teaches us to be bold in our pursuit. The blind man teaches us to be bold in our ask. Jesus gave an audacious ask. He said, hey, bring him over here. And when they brought the blind man here, Jesus says something quite amazing. And I want you all to ponder this for a minute. Jesus says, what do you want? Now, that's interesting on, on two different levels. On one side, it's interesting because if somebody, you know, it's kind of like 
a genie giving you a wish? This is the Son of God saying, what do you want? If Jesus were to come to you right now and say, what do you want? What would be your answer? And you can't say a hundred more wants. Yes, you can't say that. But Jesus would say, what do you want? I mean, so on one hand, that's kind of crazy. Jesus said, what, uh, you know, what do you want? And on the other hand, it seems like everyone in the, in, in the, in the crowd would have been like, really? You don't know what he wants? He's a blind man, okay? I mean, you know, of course you know what he wants. But Jesus made the ask because maybe he would have said, what if he didn't say, heal me? What if he didn't say, I want to see? What if he said, you know what? I need a seeing eye dog, you know, that, that could help me around. Or my, 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 my cane is wore out. I need a better cane. Or, you know, here's a big ask. God, if you could get me a handicap-accessible house, that'd be great. Those are pretty big asks. But he didn't ask for that. He didn't ask for a new CNI dog, a new cane, or a better house. He said, Lord, I want to see. And Jesus says, okay, you can see. We need to be bold in our ass. We need to be bold when we come to God. We need to be bold when we come into the presence of God. And I'm not talking about going home. You, the preacher said I can need to be bold, so I'm praying for a new boat, a new car. No, that's not what I'm saying. No, that's for the guys on the Big Hair Network. No, we're not, we're not that guy, okay? And so that's what we're talking about. I'm talking about things like your family. I'm talking about your family's falling apart and you're at your wit's end. Be bold and say, God, send revival to my family. I'm talking about be bold for that neighbor uh, across the street that does not know God and their life is a dumpster fire and they keep, you know, they, they keep getting themselves into trouble. They don't understand that why their life is in trouble. It's because they keep getting themselves into trouble. They need Jesus. Be bold and say, God, that person needs you. Maybe you are the one. Maybe you're like, God, I, I, I just, I can't let go. I can't let go of my life. I can't surrender. I, I'm having a hard time. Lord, I believe that you, that you are special. I believe that you are there. And I believe that you're good for other people. I just can't seem to get there. You need to be bold in your ass. God. Rescue me from myself, God. Open the eyes of my heart that I may see. Be bold in your pursuit. Be bold in your ask. And then be bold in your response. Bartimaeus received his sight and he gave him glory. And that, and that seems appropriate. If I'm blind... And you're a Christian, you say, in Jesus' name, heal his blindness. And I open my eyes and I can see giving God glory would be the appropriate response. When you were lost, when you were a lost person, when you were without Jesus and you first gave your life to Jesus, giving God glory is the appropriate response. Saying thank you, Jesus, is the appropriate response. It's the next part that we have a hard time with. It's the next part that we seem to forget. He said that he, he, said that he uh, recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. It's the following we seem to have a hard time with. 
When God takes the scales off of our eyes and we're no longer blind and we're seeing and we think, okay, now that I can see, I'm going to go back to doing things on my own. I'm going to go back to my old life. And that's where we keep messing up. And that's where Christians mess up and, and churches mess up. We feel like, okay, God, you opened my eyes. Now I'm gone. I'm on my own. No. He gave him glory, but he followed him. He began to follow him, and that's what we have to do. We, when God opens our eyes, we got to refer beyond just give him praise. We have to follow that up with fellowship. Sometimes I forget how bold following Jesus is. Let me ask you a quick question. How many of you have been raised in the church most of your life? Raise your hand. Okay. All right. How many of you came to Jesus or came to church pretty late in your life in the last several years? Okay, me too. I was a senior in high school, never went to church really at all until I was a senior in high school. And, and I forget, I've been dwelling on this this past week because I was preparing this message, dwelling on this idea because I've been in ministry now for 25 years. And so it's like, you know, it's just second nature for me to say when I see you who are not with Jesus and I see your life falling apart to say are you blind would you just open your can't you see that this is better but Jesus come on but I forget when I was that guy I forget when I was a senior in high school and I was a hot mess my life was a dumpster fire I forget how hard it was and I was reading God's word and I was praying and I was trying to figure it out and I was like it was so difficult to finally get to that place where I said okay okay and the first time it came out of my heart and out of my mind and and for the first time came out of my lips where I said I am a Christian I give my life to Jesus that was profound it was bold and, and I forget sometimes some of you that are still kind of holding on how difficult and how 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 bold it, it can be to do that but I remember when I finally did when I finally said Lord I give it all to you I am a Christian when I told my parents I'm a Christian when I told my friends at school that I used to drink with and party with hey I am a Christian and there was with that a freedom but it was mixed with fear we forget what it feels like. We forget the boldness that comes from saying yes to Jesus. But we've got to be bold in our response. We've got to be willing to come to Jesus and to be bold. We've got to be willing to come out there and to tell others to be bold. I was watching, not watching, I was on Twitter the other day. And um, there was, which you shouldn't do that, but I was on Twitter the other day, and um, there was a video, and at first when I saw the video, I'm going to tell you ahead of time, first when I saw the video, I'm like, yes, you go get them, that's awesome. And there, were, there was a, an airplane, they were in an airplane, and some of you may have seen this, and there was a guy, you know, total youth, youth pastor guy going, you know, and so he had his guitar, and they were singing praise songs on the airplane, and at first I was like, man, how awesome is that, you go Jesus, until you saw the, the phone panning the audience, the rest of the plane, because you're stuck. You can't escape. You're on a plane. And where was the air marshal to shoot this guy? I mean, I mean it's like, and, and so, but you had the look on these faces of the people like, can we crash? Can we crash? Can we crash? I mean, it was, 
And, and so I went from, as I was thinking about that, I went from, yes, look at them being bold with the gospel. That's not bold, that's obnoxious. You know what would have been bold? Put your guitar down. You're hiding behind your guitar. Marty doesn't do this. That's not what I'm talking about. But this guy was just hiding behind his guitar. Put your guitar down. Sit down next to the person and have a conversation. That's bold. You see, some of us, we just, we, we hide behind our, our tweets or our Instagrams and all this kind of stuff. We hide behind our, the, these, these gestures. What's bold is to say, let me tell you, let me tell you what Easter is to me. I once was blind, but now I see. I was lost, but now I'm found. Can I tell you the story? That's boldness. You see, that's the Easter story. That's why we're here. That, that, that's why we celebrate this, this, this Jewish man that died 2,000 years ago. In and of itself, that would have been worthy of a story that maybe we would have read about but it was the three days later when the tomb was empty that's what we celebrate so as we respond to this the last part of this passage that we read it says all the people when they saw it they gave praise to God you see, when people see you whose eyes have been spiritually closed, when they see your eyes open up, there's something special. There's something amazing about seeing someone's life transformed right before your eyes and hearing their story. We need to respond. You see, the Easter story 2,000 some odd years ago there was this man, this man Jesus, and he taught, and he showed us what the kingdom of God was like. He showed us that the kingdom of God had nothing to do with power, had nothing to do with genealogy, had nothing to do with, with what had been taught to the Jewish people. The kingdom of God is so much more. It's more than a destination, but it's in our heart. And so Jesus was teaching us this, and he was living this life, and, and he was doing miracles to show that our, that our faith should be based solely upon compassion and love for him, his father, and other people. And as he lived his life, he made that journey to Jerusalem. And when they got to Jerusalem, they had that last Passover meal together. And he said, this is my body. It's going to be broken for you. It's, going to, it's pierced and it's striped for you. And he passed the cup and he said, this is my, my blood as it sets up this new covenant, this new promise between God and you. Drink it in the, it's the new covenant for the forgiveness of sins. Drink and as we do this, remember me. And so hey, they went from that point to Jesus being arrested. And as we celebrate, as we, as we uh, came together Friday, he was beaten, mocked, crucified. And he did die on that cross. And they placed him in a tomb. And then there was that silent Saturday. A Saturday full of confusion, full of sadness and wonderment. And they couldn't take care of Jesus on that day because that was the Sabbath and they're not allowed to work on the Sabbath. So they had to basically leave him in the, in the tomb for the day. 
But as the Sabbath ended, the women came together to take care of Jesus' body. And when they got to the tomb, there was an angel who said, why do you look for him? He is not here. He is risen. That is what we celebrate. He is risen. It's funny, we, sell, you know, we, we as Christians, our symbol for Christianity is the cross. I guess it's because it's kind of difficult to <laughs> have a risen, I don't know, a tomb or something on, on your necklace. That's harder to, to do. But we celebrate Easter because, not because of what happened on Friday, but because of what happened on Sunday. He rose from the dead and he paid for our sins. He defeated sin, death, and hell so that we who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. He paid the price for our sins. That is the story of Easter. The tomb is empty and that is the gospel. And so today I want us to, to respond. And so I want you to do this for me. Just everyone close your eyes. I want you to picture this moment. I want you to picture this story in the Bible. I want you to picture the, the story of Bartimaeus, the blind man, and the crowd. Who are you in this story? Jesus was walking with the disciples. Maybe, you're, maybe you are a follower of Jesus and you're, you're so hungry for, for the word. You're hungry for prayer. You're hungry to be more like him. You're a disciple. Maybe you are the crowd. You're just showing up for the show. You're just showing up to see what Jesus is going to do. You're just showing up because, you know, the crowd is there, so I'm going to show up too. I pray that you would find your way to seeing Jesus for more than that. Or maybe here today, in person or online as you watch, maybe you're the blind man. And you're tired of walking in darkness. And you say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This is your day to open your eyes. For the Spirit of God to open your eyes. Jesus is coming to you right now saying, what do you want? You can ask for physical healing. You can ask for financial stability. Or you can come to Jesus and finally say, Jesus, I want to see. Open the eyes of my heart that I might see you. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If that is you, what's next? What's next is what we call in the Baptist church, believer's baptism is a public declaration that you are a follower of Jesus. And then you do that bold declaration and you say, I am a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, right now we pray for a moment just to search our hearts. Where are we with you? God, I pray that you would, in the midst of the distractions of life, that we would be able to press in and see you, God. 
Lord, for those who are still walking in blindness, may you open our eyes. May we come to you. The only way you will open our eyes, God, is if we come to you and say, Lord, save me. Heal me. Open my eyes. May we have the courage to come to you, the boldness to come to you and ask. Thank you for what you did on the cross, but more importantly, thank you for what you did on that glorious Easter Sunday, giving us access to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Every Sunday here at Live Oak Church, we come together and we take communion, the Lord's Supper, because this is the ultimate example of the gospel. And so today, we, we don't take it you know, all together. If you are a believer in Jesus, we invite you to come to the table. You don't have to be a member of the church. If you're not a Christian, if you're just here because you heard we had brunch or your um, family member you know, said you have to or you're not a family member anymore, I just, hey, I hope that God is, is moving in your heart. But if you're not a Christian, just respect this process and just hang back and just, I hope that it blesses you as you watch. Uh, but if you are a believer, if you are uh, a, a Christian, we invite you to come to the table. You take the bread, which represents his body. You take the juice, which represents his blood. Take it back to your seat and just kind of pray and say, Lord, I do this and remember what you did for me. Or maybe you take it with your family and you just kind of huddle and you do it together as your family. And you say, we do this together and remember what Jesus did for us. Come to the table.